1: Welcome into another Trends and Reactions video. Before we get into it, I want to remind you to click that subscribe button, like this video, and leave a comment if you have any thoughts. Also remember to follow me on Twitter, at NateHenryFF. Not everybody can watch every game, so I want to give you some quick, instant fantasy analysis and future trends from every game. Hard-hitting, quick analysis to help you make waiver-wire decisions, find trade targets, and digest each week's action let's get into it first game of the week falcons versus panthers i was a little worried about julio's health a few weeks ago well no longer he looked downright sprightly and he's about to become an alpha with Calvin ridley banged up vikings versus the packers not a lot of trends from this game because the wind was a big factor here to the extent that there are any trends robert tanyan might be the clear second passing option in green bay but even that's fluky The Packers weren't losing big. I doubt anyone not named Devontae Adams would be fantasy relevant. just move on from this game. Titans versus Bengals. Corey Davis was really good in week eight, but let's take it with a grain of salt. Tennessee was losing for most of this game, and most of his damage was done in the second half against a weak defense. On Tennessee's last real drive, he actually received three targets in a row, gained 34 yards, and caught a touchdown. This all happened when Tennessee was down 17. Seems a little hot handy. Uh, I'm not going to do any bat here. Jets versus the Chiefs. Miko Hardman might have finally cracked the starting lineup. He played the second most snaps of any wide receiver, ran the second most routes, and he got nine targets. That said, Sammy Watkins wasn't active this week, so I'd love to see Nicole Hardman do it again when Watkins is healthy. But I think Hardman's a big name to add leading up to the fantasy playoffs. Bolts versus the Lions. Jonathan Taylor really struggled against Detroit, but Jonathan Wilkins dominated. However, Philip Rivers suggested that Taylor was banged up in the post-game interview. That would actually explain a lot. I'm not quite panicking here yet, but he's definitely not been the player I hoped for when I drafted. Steelers and Ravens. If you held on to J.K. Dobbins this long, congratulations. He absolutely dominated on 15 carries and was rewarded with a season-high 66% of the snaps. course this happened when Mark Ingram was out but Dobbins still did this against arguably the best defense in the league. Mark Ingram might have just lost his job. Rams versus Dolphins. Due to a punt return touchdown and a defensive touchdown we didn't actually get to see much of Tua. At the beginning he looked very much a rookie with a bad miss and a fumble. Eventually settled in and threw a touchdown pass to Devontae Parker in a fairly tight window. Overall I think he looked fine Didn't really do much. So all we can really do is just confirm that the pass catchers do indeed take a little bit of a step back. We'll have to monitor this more in the future. Patriots versus the Bills. Zach Moss is the only running back you want to roster from Buffalo. Yes, both he and Devin Singletary received 14 carries and both topped 80 yards. But what the box score fails to tell you is that Moss got four carries inside the New England 10-yard lines and six carries inside the New England 20. Well, that's
0: Sounds great. Problem with Moss
1: is that Josh Allen still vultures a lot of goal line touchdowns. So he's not the clear goal line ball carrier despite all the red zone opportunities. Bonus trend here. Cam Newton looked a lot better to me in both passing and rushing. The passing is notable as this was another one of those really windy games. He did cost the game with with a fumble at the end of the game, but he passed the eye test a lot more than he did in these last two down weeks. Raiders versus the Brown, wind again was a factor here, so there isn't much to be learned in the passing game. I guess something to note is that Kaderil Hodge only played one fewer snap and, only, and ran only one fewer route than Rashad Higgins. I think that means that the Browns don't have a clear Odell Beckham replacement. It's gonna be a group effort. Likely that means that all the receivers other than Jarvis Landry are fantasy irrelevant then. Chargers versus Broncos, I thought Justin Jackson looked really good this week. Last week was a big disappointment, but he had an injury designation going into that game. I'd be a lot more excited, though, about his 17 rushes for 89 yards and five targets for 53 yards, except this out-of-nowhere Tremaine Pope playing time. And the weirdest part was Tremaine Pope touched the ball in just about every single snap he played. He played 25 snaps and had 17 combined targets and carries. I think Pope clearly hurts Joshua Kelly more than Justin Jackson, but I'd still much rather not have a third back involved in this backfield. Saints and Bears. Anthony Miller got 11 targets, but Darnell Mooney was on the field far more, 12 more snaps, and saw far more air yards. Miller clearly has been passed on the depth chart, so I'm not rushing to the wire to add him. Still, Miller did have a late-season surge last year, so let's, let's keep an eye on this. 49ers versus Seahawks, Brandon Ayuk excelled, especially after Jimmy Garoppolo left the game. Seven of his 11 targets came from Nick Mullins, and Mullins pushed it down the field a lot more than Jimmy G did, could be because of the Jimmy G injury. Regardless, Ayuk played a ton, 90% of snaps, and ran the most routes of any player on the team. He didn't receive any of those carries he's been getting, but he did run a few of those free snap motions, suggesting he's still involved in those gimmicky plays. I like him a lot down the stretch, especially with Kittle projected to miss some time. Last game of the week, Cowboys versus the Eagles. Jalen Rager returned to action to play 73% of the snaps and receive six targets, two of which were two deep end zone targets. Rager caught a touchdown on a play clearly designed for him and his speed. Best of all, I love the 77 air yards this week on only six targets. I think he'll be deep threat for this team and i expect the snaps to increase as they continue to trust his health one more bonus trend for you i was surprised to see only one target for dallas goddard after playing 84 percent of the snaps the problem is that travis Folgum is clearly carson Wentz's new favorite target i saw several plays where wentz threw to Folgum without remotely looking at another wide receiver That limits Rager and Goddard a bit, but overall, this is an offense that I think is on the rise. All right, I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, remember to subscribe and follow me at NateHenryFF. See you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants